Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. It is Kyle Stutzer from the Culture Talks podcast. We are excited to have you back in here um, listening, tapping into what we talk about on this podcast, business, creativity, vibes, culture, everything. So thank you guys for tapping back in today. I'm super excited to bring you guys our guest today. And I'm going to let him introduce himself to you guys right about now. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, my name is Matthew Gutu. Um, I'm just happy to be here. Thanks, thanks for inviting me. I'm super Bless. excited to have a conversation. Blessings, blessings. So I basically followed Matthew on Instagram the other day, randomly after stalking his page for a little bit. Super dope person. We'll get into the you know what he does here shortly. Um but let's just jump right into this conversation. So as you guys just heard, his last name is Ogutu. And, you know, I did a little bit of studying, my guy. I did a little bit of studying. So, okay. you know, in case some new people have been born, there's 34,411 estimated people that bear the surname Ogutu. Okay. And it's most prevalent in Kenya. So can I ask you, are you Kenyan in any way? Yes. Yes, I am. Go ahead and explain uh, Explain that. Yeah. So uh, I would consider myself like pure-blooded Kenyan just because my parents are immigrants. Uh, so my brothers and I, we were born and raised in America, in Kansas City. Uh, so my parents probably came over like 40-ish years ago. Uh, so yeah, just as Kenyan as it gets with as a little Kenyan. bit of an American kick. Hey, shout out to Kenyans because Kenyans are like the only Africans who's English is like sometimes better than Americans' English. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, uh, Kenyans and Nigerians have mastered, you know, fitting into any culture they tap into, and you guys just are represented everywhere. Yes. Shout out to all the shout out to all the Kenyan athletes too. Oh you know? yes, uh, isn't I'm pretty sure the guy that won uh, the broke the record for the yeah, uh, marathon. Uh, I forgot how to say it, what his name is, but dude, yeah. dude was cold. What was it like? Three hours or under three yeah, hours. Yeah, it was under three hours. And Jesus. Yeah, it's it's insane. If there's anything we're known for, it's for long distance running. Straight up, everyone knows. Kipchoge, I think, is his last name, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's funny. There's this documentary, I think, is on Netflix about these two white dudes that are cross-country runners or whatever, mm-hmm. and they moved to Kenya to train with some of, like, the top runners in Kenya to, like, like try to make it to the Olympics or something like that, and they were just, like, it's just funny because they were, like, top runners in America yeah. and they went to Kenya and getting smoked yes. by like just the neighborhood boys, you <laughs> right. know, the little village boys. And I was like, this is hilarious. Like, yes. and, and like, for those of you who don't know on the podcast, my family's, well, my mom and all my siblings, except me and my pops were born in Tanzania in East Africa, which is a country right below Kenya. Um, you know, Kenya and Tanzanians have language in common. We both speak Kiswahili. Um, and we both have English as our popular. Actually, in Kenya, English is the is the main language, right? I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. but like they they qualified as like the national language. Yeah, right? it's like one of the only countries in Africa that have done that. Yeah, it's pretty dope, honestly. I mean, I think eventually there's going to be one universal language. What do you think about that? I think, in as much as it sucks, yes, uh, just because, like, obviously, with communication a lot of more people are starting to use English. Like I just spent some time in Spain and like, Sick. like people are communicating using English. Like people are just like, Oh, I know like a little bit English. Like they don't probably know English better than a lot of people here. Uh, true. So With like, the grammar too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause 
they actually study it and like break it down as weird as the English language is. But I think at some point there will be like a universal form of communication. I don't know what that looks like at this point in time because most people can probably talk to like what emojis because mm-hmm. I think that's the only that's understood universally. Straight up. But I think most people are like picking up English. The only people that are probably just like, nah, not going to touch that are like Asia or Russia or something like that. Right. Because they, I mean, I was, I'm still debating on, I think at some point, I don't know if it's going to be in my lifetime, but there's going to be like something that qualifies like a universal language. And I think at this point, the two competing ones are Mandarin and English. Mm-hmm. I think English is probably ahead a little bit, but I know a lot of people are learning Mandarin in different countries. And like, I don't know, I think it's pretty dope. I think it's pretty dope. I think everyone should strive to learn like at least five languages. Yeah. That's, I, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that we lack here in the United States. It's like, uh, if you're thinking about um, like a five-year-old girl somewhere in like Eastern Europe, who can say hello, goodbye, and like hold a decent conversation in like three or four different languages. It's like, I can barely do that in like one. Facts, so, like, I only know how to say hello. Like, yeah. I struggle to say what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, I don't know what it is about the States, but I think like in America, don't get me wrong, shout out to America, but yeah. like, I think we are super. We don't want to learn other people's culture. Like some of us do. Like we want to travel yeah. for like our experience, but we're not really interested in trying to understand the roots of other cultures. Like we might travel to a place. I'm like, oh, cool. Do you, this is where gladiators fought. Yeah. But like they don't like try to tap into like, you know, it's like when we go travel, we like to go to tourist spots. We like to tap into the biggest hotels. But like, bro, why don't you go stay in a hostel in the village? Like, yeah. why don't you tap in with the community and like really you know get to know where you're at because that's where it's the same thing in the states like if you're gonna go to chicago go to fucking south side chicago and hang out like in the culture you know what i'm saying tap in if you're gonna come to kansas city please don't just stay in downtown like tap in don't don't just go to overland park yeah don't just go to overland park or like hang out at the oak park mall like you know tap into like the communities you know go to 18th environment exactly Shout out to 18th and Vine. Shout out to my boy. He's in he's in the back. He he's the one that first took me to 18th and Vine, which is kind of sad because I live in Kansas City and he moved here and then he's the first one to take me there. But um, but yeah, man. Who is Matt Ogutu? Ogu help me out, brother. Matt Ogutu. 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 It's so easy to say, but I'm struggling, man. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, who, who are you, man? How would you describe yourself? Oof. I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, so I think first and foremost, uh, I consider myself a creative. Um, what does that mean? Because that's like universally like thrown everywhere. Um, I'm just someone who I've, has like this thing in his brain that has to be put on a canvas of some sort. And then that's what I strive to do every single day is just like take what's in my mind and make it come to life. Uh, Whether that's through photography, which is like my primary form of creativity, um, whether it's through just like new outlets of like self-discovery, like trying to learn illustration, um, starting up a business. Just I think above all else, like if I were to label myself one thing, it's just creative. I like that, man. I like that. So when did you get into photography? Like, when did you start tapping into that? Um, it's probably been about three years now. Um, I, it's funny how, how it started. So, like, uh, 
this Christmas. So uh, my birthday and Christmas kind of coincide. So my brother got me a GoPro for my birthday slash Christmas. And so I literally had it for like seven months, probably only used it once. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this. I'm going on a trip. I'm just going to make like a short like recap vlog type, type video. Uh, made it, put it together, posted it. People loved it. And I was like, oh, why don't I just like do a little bit more of this? Bought myself a camera and was going to do video primarily. But like through that, it's like, okay, I'm just going to take pictures to learn how to work my camera, get to know it, kind of like become one with a camera as like as Mr. Miyagi as that sounds. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and so then, uh, someone I worked with, a friend of mine, he was just like, look, just, just go to Pinterest, find the most like basic photography challenge. You could 30 days, just take a picture every single day. As long as you're taking some, doing something with it every single day, like you'll learn your camera. Um, and then he also forced me to do like all manual settings. So Damn. it's just like no relying on, Oh, Damn. if I do this, <laughs> It's going to automatically do everything. So, like, I understand my camera. So, I did that. And then, uh, honestly, just never looked back after that. That's fire, though. I mean, that that really, like, makes a point on something that I believe in when it comes to content. It's just, like, especially at least from at the beginning, is, like, quantity over quality at some point. You know, Mm -hmm. at at the beginning, quality comes in. But, like... Like you said, like 30 day challenge, post a photo every single day. And what you're doing is you're just like pushing out, like you're just taking a lot of content and you're just pushing it out, pushing it out. But each time you push it out, there's new things that you're going to try to mess with, that you're going to try to make look better. Or you notice something, oh, I just noticed that the sun glared off this. So maybe I should aim it this direction. You know, just whatever small things you learn. And then over time, you're developing and harnessing and, and perfecting your craft by just quantity like yeah. just doing it yeah. you know and doing it consistently and then the quality comes with that if that kind of makes sense yeah yeah for sure it's so like it's that powerful. it's that repetition mm-hmm. um like it's uh, i believe it's like bruce lee's like i don't fear the man that's mastered ten thousand kicks it's like i fear the man who's done like one kick ten thousand times because mm. like that's truly uh where the quality comes in it's just like okay if i'm always going out at the same exact time, like say for 45 days of taking a picture of same exact spot, same time of day. Like there's going to be different elements into it, especially with like daylight savings happening. And then you have to take it to account. It's just like, it's like, Oh crap. I forgot about that. Let me go ahead, bump my ISO up. Hey, what's my F stop at? Let me change that. Um, like you said, Oh, this, there's a little bit of a flare coming in from the sun. What if I, put my lens hood on? What if I have a filter to throw onto? Like all these things that you start to accumulate and you start to think about. I think the other thing that's like helped me tremendously is just like putting yourself next to people that are way better than you. So, and just like absorbing that knowledge and that technique. And it's like not even, uh, so I'm terrible at like asking for help. So like even just sitting around those people and just kind of like picking up on stuff they're doing, uh, and being observant has helped tremendously. Yeah, and then it's like, once you tap in, once you like start being around people that are inspiring and that you can learn from by just watching, eventually you do develop like the confidence or want to ask them ask questions. Because like mm-hmm. honestly, I I remember like trying to get into like like video, and the same thing happened. People didn't really want videos; they wanted like photos. So then yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll start taking photos. 
But then I'm like seeing all these things. I'm like, oh, well, when the sun starts to go down, like I can't get good pictures. I don't know how to like fix it. Like, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm like, dang, I don't know this. And then I was like, you know, then the, when the sun's there and it like messes up how it looks or yeah. when it gets too dark and it's like, I'm like the night portrait mode. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah. night portrait mode still doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how do I make this work? And so I'm at like the very beginning process and what I'm learning is like, you know, if you just put things out, people will keep asking you to take photos and you go take photos of them, you get better at it little by little. Mm-hmm. And then also you have to do your research. Yeah. You know, you have to do your research. One of my favorite like things that I just read recently is that you have to constantly and consistently be like tracking data and like researching and becoming like fluent at what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, in order to, you know, secure anything from it. Like, you know, of course we, we love our cre- our creativity, but like we also trying to secure bags and take yeah. care of our families and stuff like that. So it's like, before you ask help from anybody, you have to have some baseline of knowledge. So it's yeah. like, you can't, you, for me, in my opinion, like if you want a mentor or something like that, you can't just ask for a mentor, but you didn't do any groundwork. Right. Like before you seek out a mentor or capital, you have to do your research. Yeah. And like be prepared so you can have conversations and have questions to ask. Yeah. Um, when it comes to that. So. And I think that's super interesting too, uh, because a lot of times uh, people are like, yes, you can be consistent. You can go take photos. You can get better over time. But if you like, if you do don't do the research, like why is this a good photo? Mm-hmm. Like if you're just going out, you're shooting people, like oh yeah, that's super dope. I love how you you did this, and then you're like you don't understand what that means. You're like you just think okay, I just need to recreate this kind of photo every single time. That's that's not what people want to see. They don't want to see the same shot like across every 20, single. like. 20 different images that you're delivering to a client. That's, that's not what they're paying you for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to understand, okay, these are the rules like within photography. And I think that's one of the areas like I recognize that I need to be better in is like actually digging into like the technical stuff and understanding. Now there's an element of people with like self-taught, like I didn't go to school for this. I don't know all the technical stuff and I'm still killing it. Like kudos to you, but there's mm-hmm. still like that little bit, that little bit that you have to, have to back up what you're doing and why you're doing things the way you are doing. Um, but yeah, just understanding that just even just taking like five minutes, 10 minutes every single day and being, okay, let me dedicate this to breaking down. These are the kind of techniques that I use in photography. This is what good composition looks like. Cause I think that's a big pet peeve of mine is just like people are like, Oh yeah, this is dope throw a preset on there, dope tones. It's like, okay, but what is this picture telling me? Like, what's the composition? Like, what's what's up with the background? Like, there's mm-hmm. so many things distracting, but that's just my personal opinion. No, it's <laughs> true creative. That's what it is. So I we, we talked about how you come from, you know, immigrant parents, you know, that you mm-hmm. consider yourself pure Kenyan, pure red tings, you know? Um, so I wanted to ask a little bit further, what was it like growing up in an immigrant household? What was like your your child what did your childhood look like you know what was the the family dynamics yeah so i have four brothers and a sister um so it was pure chaos in every <laughs> sense of the word uh, as much as you can with like immigrant parents without them like bringing the hammer down uh but it was it was always uh, very close-knit uh probably my one of my brothers tim we're, we're probably the closest out of like all of the siblings, just because like we went everywhere together, like we're in middle school together, we were in high school together. Uh, we also fought the most, uh, <laughs> which I guess that is correlate, like directly correlates. 
but uh, just growing up, especially early on in childhood, it's kind of like the stereotypical, like, uh, like I don't want to call it like third world, like parents, or like immigrant parents of like Africans, Kenyans, it's like, uh, like Asians, like you're going to be doctor or lawyer or something of like prestige. Cause like that, that's the American dream is like, they brought us here because education was a key for them back home. Like education was everything. Uh, and so it's like, okay, it's like, I, I guess that makes sense. Like I want to be able to have money. I want to be able to apply for my family. Uh, and this is something notable, like across the board, like this is something that I can work towards. It makes lots of money that I can provide for my family. But along the way, it's just like, you kind of figure out, do I really want to do that kind of fighting against the grain? But I didn't have that like internal struggle to like later on in life. But for the most part, everything was super chill. Uh, we were always running together as a bunch. Uh, we always grew up playing soccer and it, it's kind of like what I would feel like the American dream was about. Like this is my parents came to the States for this particular reason, just to have like all their kids enjoying life mm-hmm. uh, growing up in America and being that's like that was big for like my family. Like the basically the whole dynamics were like of my parents' relationship and how everything happened and how we ended up in the states. It's like it was all based around education. Yeah. It's like look, bro, you gotta you gotta you gotta do something, and like education was the only way to do something. And now I'm like this new generation with like people tapping into their creativity and like really trying to make a living off of that and it being starting to become very at the very early stages of starting to become normalized to not have to go to college and to be able to succeed like at massive levels or regular levels, whatever the person's goal is, Mm -hmm. um, without a college degree or without general education. And for our parents, especially immigrant parents, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So like, has that been a challenge with your parents or have your parents been like super accepting with you, like going into the creative field? Um, I don't know. Since, since uh, I'm kind of like arriving to this crossroads, like a little, as I'm older, mm-hmm. not like when I'm 15, 16 mm-hmm. or something like that. It's like still in high school, still um, at that crucial stage. It's like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Like what college are you going to? Um, like my parents are a bit more understanding of like, Okay, he understands, like, he absolutely, like, hates being at this nine-to-five, like, this soul-sucking office or whatever. Um, and then transitioning to, like, something that he's been doing for a little bit, like, knowing that he's actually good at, like, doing this. He's passionate about it, like, being able to, like, drive in revenue from that. Um, they were a bit more understanding of that coming at someone in his mid-20s versus, like, someone that's, like, someone, yeah. someone who, like read a BuzzFeed article. It's just like, I can make money doing this. I can be a millionaire. I it's promise, like, Dad. Give viral, me one month. Viral content all the time. All day. Yeah. <laughs> just, just give me a phone so I can buy TikTok. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, all right, buddy. Um, so still on that topic, would you consider yourself, like, would you have considered yourself when you were in school a good student? Yeah. I've, I, was, uh, I was a pretty decent student. Uh, it's like, from high school and the college, it's like, uh, like I was like a B plus A student in high school. And like correlating the college, I think I was like a three O student, which is decent. So solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, doing a thing, you taking care of business is what I call it. Yeah, That's yeah. Like, uh, so like I like I hated being in like certain classes, but I wasn't bad at school. It just sucked. Understandable. 
what did you want to be when you grew up? When you like, let's think about when you're like nine years old, nine, ten years old. Like in your head, what did you imagine being when you were a adult, quote unquote? Ooh. There, every kid's gone through like the four or five things that they wanted to be mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like this week they're like, oh, I want to be this, I want to be that. Um, funny enough, when I was younger, probably a little younger than that, uh, like I remember being very like legalistic, like even with my parents, it's just like black and white stuff is like, well, you said we were going to do this and this hasn't happened. So like, <laughs> like, so what's going on here? So for a long time, I was like, uh, maybe I'm going to be a lawyer when I grow up. Uh, I was like, no, I don't want to deal with all that. Um, I actually like used to like draw when I was younger. Oh, so nice. I was just like, maybe I want to be an illustrator. Maybe I just want to make comics when I grow up. And then obviously like being in an immigrant household, they're just like, no, not a real child. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> let's find something else. Like maybe yeah. I want to be an astronaut. Um, then I actually settled on like wanting to be an architect growing oh, up. So like, or at least going into engineering. Uh, so like, that's what I settled on for like most of my adolescence. I definitely had like a period of where I wanted to be an architect. Like, I mean, I was just so fascinated with like seeing like the coolest freaking houses online. Yes. And then I even like had like even a moment in my like, I'm still in my early 20s, but like once I graduated high school, I had a moment where I was like, I already knew when I graduated high school, I'm not going to college. Yeah. Because I was a sports guy. Like, that was my thing. That's what I wanted to do always dreams of NFL or NBA. Right. And when I like graduated and I was like, Oh, I guess I wasn't good enough. No college offers, no yeah. nothing. Didn't really get to play that much in high school because of my behavior and, and grades. So, um, so I was just like, okay, well that dream's over, gave up on that. And I was like, well, I'm not going to school. Mm-hmm. And so I was considering going back to do architecture yeah. because I moved to California as soon as I graduated uh, high school and I was like 17, I moved to California and I was just seeing the craziest yeah. houses. Like I was living in Santa Cruz and like, so it's like all of these Silicon Valley houses and they're like just shaped all these modern, modern, yeah, modern, modern architecture, like with points and arrows and like the bathroom has like, yeah. is like shaped like a triangle. And it's just like, yo, this <laughs> is freaking dope. And so, I mean, it's understandable for yeah. any kid, I think at some point to like, I mean, hopefully a lot do because you know it's a needed field. But, oh yeah. Um, like I'm sure everyone goes to that phase because there's some dope buildings. I oh, used to, yeah. I really used to like the buildings around Plaza Ooh, like yes, here. Yes. And when I was a kid, my dad used to take me down there at night to look at them because I really liked how they were yes. built and like the colors and like that was like my first thing where I was like. Mm. And then I had the police thing, but then I started seeing how police in America work. Yeah. Not all of them. Shout yeah. out to all my friends that are police officers. You know, some of y'all are amazing. There's a lot that are dope. Um. But I just saw that dynamic, and I was yeah. like, mm, not something I want to be a part of. Firefighter was a thing at a moment that I didn't want to burn and die. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's like my scared death, drowning and burning to death. Yeah, and that's always the thing that's just like, okay, if you were to pick one, which one would you, like, which way would you go out if you had between the two? That's like so hard. <laughs> I would say, I would say drowning because someone, like, Tell like someone told me like when they have dreams about drowning because I guess they have dreams about drowning and dying. They told me that like at the end you feel peaceful like you're just like I'm yeah I'm giving up <laughs> and then you just go we're in a fire like you can maybe get to a point where you're peaceful but you're still burning yeah, God. like yeah. and you feel it. I feel like it lasts longer. I think in the water you probably pass out some point yeah. and you die. And so it's like I don't know. I don't want to think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't. Did your parents cook a lot of like? Or do, yeah, yeah, parents yeah, cook yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, they did. And was it like African inspired or King inspired or? Oh yeah. Like, yeah okay, yeah, so yeah, what yeah. is your favorite 
the question that I listed, what's your favorite African food? But I think that's kind of a stupid question. So what's your favorite Kenyan food? I know in East Africa, like the, the food staples are like very simple and there's not like a crazy amount of options. Yeah. But yeah, what would be your go-to if you Out of the Kenyan food. So if you would have left it African, because uh, one of the things is like growing up, it's like somehow like my parents found like the other African like families, like Nigerians, Guineans, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sudanese people. And, like they're just like Africans find Africans. Yeah. That's the thing. In America, and so it's sure. like, then they're like, Oh, like, getting together Thanksgiving someone's bringing jollof rice and I'm just I like love Yo. rice. I was honestly like last night I got home because it was my younger my youngest brother's birthday and so someone cooked jollof rice and there's like grilled Sheesh. chicken and I was just like yo Sheesh. I know what I'm having for lunch tomorrow <laughs> heavenly yeah I'm not but, gonna lie yeah. in LA there's some there's so many Nigerians and you can just find the most fire jollof rice yes. so I'm not gonna lie yes but uh, to answer your question uh, I think one of the uh, like staples that my mom's been known for, just like from from us, like from friends that come over and have stuff, is uh, Hermandazis. Yo, I hope you guys heard that clap on camera because that's my mom's thing too. Yeah. And Hermandazis are, Woo! Yes. when they're yes. freshly cooked too, fam. Yes. And I don't know, does your mom make like, uh, or did she make like? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things you could call it because yeah. it's in a lot of different cultures, but milk tea. Yes. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We just, we just, we just, like, some people call it ginger tea and Indian call it masala chai. Yeah. So it's like, it just kind of depends. Like, yeah. She, in America, they call it chai tea, tea tea. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, like chai tea lattes. Like, yeah. A lot of times, like, my friends are like, I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I, I need to have your mom's Kenyan tea. Like, that's, that's just like, that's what, what they call it. Uh, get the mandazi in there. Yeah, that was my yeah. thing. Honestly, uh, so, like, growing up younger, so, like, I didn't drink a lot of tea growing up. So, it was always about, like, all right, I got my mandazis. I got like either chicken and stew or I got like those uh, barbecue covered meatballs. I was like, yo, this like this is a good night. Yes, man. I miss that so much. Like I feel like when you get older you start it's like less and less food your parents cook for you. Yeah. Or like either you move out or like you live in a house but they're like make it yourself. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So yeah, I definitely like miss that. Did, did you hear, I don't know if I mean if I've I don't know if it's popular in King, but it's Sambusa, did you? No, no, yeah, it's like kind of popular in Tanzania. I think we probably have a little bit larger of an Indian population than Kenya. I know Kenya has a lot of Indians too, but like we have a large Indian population in Tanzania, so we get like a lot of influence. What about Chapati? Yeah, oh, yes, yes, dude, that was like first, second, Madazi Chapati. Oh, bro, did your mom ever used to add eggs to your Chapati? No, she never did. (gasps) Tell her (laughs) now, you know what, bro, now that we know each other, I'm gonna have my. We need to like have a family link up, like yes. my parents link up for sure, and we should have like a freaking food, like Ooh. just food. Oh, that sounds fire. I think I have, I think I have the place for you, dog. Oh yeah, Ooh. I need to know. I don't know any African spots out here. I know one Somalian spot in Northeast off Independence Avenue, but besides yeah. that, I don't know any African spots. So we're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Actually, no. You know what? What's the spot? Well, These people. Well, even like. <laughs> For me, it's like not even so much going to like these shops. Like there's like some of them that are random, like you'll find in the city. It's, I remember one time I went with my dad. We ended up somewhere like on the west or the east side of 71. I was like, I don't know where we're at, but somehow we're at this African market. Like, <laughs> but this was like years ago. But like all those all the spots, just like the aunties, the uncles, it's just mm-hmm. like the food that you need to know, like which aunties cook the best jello fries, which one's the curry chicken, just 
my guy. After like heavenly. Yes. Heavenly. Yes. There's low key a lot of Nigerians at that event last night too. Yes, there like, were. You kind of just know who's Nigerian. Like yeah. Like Africans can. So, ladies and gentlemen, for those listening, um, Africans can tell where Africans are from. I think majority of the time. Yeah. Like Nigerians. Nigerians, you can kind of tell. You look at them, you kind of know. If anybody's from East Africa, you kind of know. Like yeah. when I saw a picture of you before I even saw your last name, I was like, "Bro, he's definitely African, and he's definitely not from like more south or west." Yeah. So, and then you can already cut off countries because Somalians have a very distinct look. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethiopians, Eritreans have a distinct look. Egyptians have a distinct look, and you didn't look like yeah. any of that. So I was like, "He's like Kenyan, Tanzanian, or." Like potentially like Rwanda or something, but like that's very there's not too many in America. So I was like, yeah. Kenyan. And then I locked, it, looked up your last name, and it was like Kenyan. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a like my dad is infamous for that, and so I always thought it was like like a weird superpower of his growing up. But then it's like growing up, and you see all the people here. It's like okay, it's like you get you can kind of tell like when you've been part of the culture, like you've seen all these different people. You know, there's a characteristic. You're just like okay. I can get where he's coming from, but it's still weird, like how my dad can just pinpoint out nowhere. He he literally only needs like five seconds, <laughs> and then he's just like, "Yeah, we can, we'll literally be driving on the highway." He'll look over and he's like, "She looks Sudanese." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight, like, up, straight up, like, and then you like pull up to the stoplight, roll down the window. Hey, yo, where are you from? <laughs> Sudan. You're like, "Hey, <laughs> correct." But all right, man. So we're gonna we're gonna tap into a little bit more challenging questions, but mm-hmm. many people believe that becoming a full-time creative is challenging. So what do you, what's your like advice to like creatives that are, I don't know if you're there yet either being a full-time creative, but still like, what's your advice to creatives who think that it's like kind of overwhelming or too much to handle? Like what's your like words of advice or your, your inspiration? Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually just made that jump like two months ago. So uh, thank you. And it's, it is, I definitely get that. It's like the sense of like overwhelming dread. It's just like, okay, now it's like you 